Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nutty Buddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan, and in this episode of the podcast, this is part one of the NFC South Breakdown. This is where Travis, who joins me, we talk about the division as a whole, and then the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. That's coming up right here, right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Welcome back to Nutty Buddy Sports, and with me is Travis again. Travis, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Ryan. How about yourself? I am good. So Travis has volunteered uh, to help me with the NFC South uh, preview. We're going to do our best. Um, it's quite a division. So you ready to get into this division, um, Travis? Let's do it. Previewing the NFC South. So the first thing we'll do is just a preview. Uh, the Saints finished 12 and four. The Bucks finished 11 and five. The Panthers finished five and 11 and the Falcons finished four and 12. Um, anything, any takeaways from the NFC South coming into this year, Travis? Um, I think the main takeaways is I don't, I only see, which we'll get into the predictions, but I only see like, two of those teams flip-flopping positions. Otherwise, I think it's pretty much going to be the same again this year. But Yeah. Yeah, so it might be chalk is what you're saying, like similar yeah. to last year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. What about you? Yeah, I um, what one thing I noticed is some big names are gone from this division. Um, Drew Brees retired. He's gone. Julio Jones was traded. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold now is in the division. So some big names coming and going, not that Sam Darnold is a great player. He's just a big name. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't really know though. He was on the jets. So that's, that's a fair, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And Adam Gase was his head coach. So that's, that's another knock on him. So um, Travis, who do you think, uh, let's just get into some general questions here. Uh, who do you think has the best offense in this division uh i'm going with tampa bay this year um and there's reasons for that which i'll get into later but that that would be my best offense this year just because with breeze gone and thomas is out for i think at least the first six weeks uh that's gonna not help them either right but what do you who who do you think? No, I have the uh, the Bucks as well. I almost said the Patriots just because it's Tom Brady, <laughs> but uh, the Bucks as well. Yeah, um, is there like a team because I, I felt like it was kind of obvious like uh, that the Bucks had the best offense. Who who do you think that um, is there a team? One of the other three teams you think that could challenge them as far as like the best offense, or not really? I would. I would say you never know with Matt Ryan. I mean, I I thought he was on the decline, but I looked at the last couple of years and he's just been like consistent. I mean, he's mm -hmm. not been amazing, but he's been consistent. And then the I would say the Panthers maybe um, only depending on what we see out of Sam Darnold. But yeah. the, the Saints, I don't 
I don't really see much happening from them this year. Yeah, I I like um I was listening to a podcast and they talked about the Saints and maybe we'll talk more about it when we get to their team individually, but he kind of mentioned a really good point is basically last year they went 12 and 4 um with having Drew Brees at quarterback who couldn't throw the ball farther than like 15 yards downfield. It was like Peyton Manning. His last year. On the, yeah. Yeah. So like his, his argument was the off the, the roster is still good. You, you're missing Michael Thomas, obviously, but the roster is still really good. And now you actually have a quarterback that can throw the ball deep. Uh, the question is, is who's he throwing it to the, the other team or, the, <laughs> or to his own players. But it, uh, Yeah. The other thing is it's Jameis Winston and right. I've liked the Buccaneers for a while. If anybody listened to a previous podcast, but he, he had maybe like three or four really decent games, but I don't think he's got it, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. How about defense? Who do you think has the best defense in this division? Um, I would go, the saints are supposed to have a pretty good defense again, but I have question marks with that, mm-hmm. but it, it's pretty much going to be Tampa Bay again. That's what helped them win the super bowl last year. Plus, yeah. I mean, they have Devin white LSU players. That's how you win super bowls, man. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Um, I agree. The, the bucks have the best defense. That's why I think this division as, as fun as it used to be, I don't know if it'll be as fun as it once was the last cup, you know, last couple of years, like you didn't know who might win when they had Cam Newton, Matt Ryan and uh, Drew Brees. I think it might be a little bit more clear cut this year. Um. Yep, I would I would agree. I don't think there's going to be too many uh, upsets going on in this division. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's uh, let's go. You want to get into our first team then? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Previewing the Atlanta Falcons. The big question. So we're gonna start out with the Atlanta Falcons. What um. Travis, do you have as the biggest questions, uh, big, biggest questions surrounding the Atlanta Falcons? Um, my biggest question is how is Matt Ryan going to play again? I was thinking, like I had mentioned before, that I thought he was kind of on the decline, but he's not. But is he going to be as good without Julio now is the question. Um, <clears throat> but they did draft a really good tight end, which we'll get into shortly. But my other, I had another question was there, uh, there are two backups. If Ryan gets injured or is terrible, uh, this Frank's guy and Rosen, I don't know if they're going to be able to do much. I, Cause how long has Rosen been in the league? I think is three it, years, three yeah. years. And he got drafted by, uh, I don't remember. Arizona. And then he got yeah. traded to the Dolphins. You so, would know that because yeah. of that. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my biggest question mark is, is Matt Ryan going to be able to put up enough points without – sorry, my dog's working. That's can, okay. That's I okay. can start over. 
but is Matt Ryan going to be able to basically put up enough points without Julio on the team now? Not like Julio was the only one who scored points, but that's my biggest question. What about you? Yeah, no, I like that question um, because this will be the first year in a long time that he's been without Julio, a long time. Um, but I also had uh, another question about the head coach. So can Arthur Smith turn Matt Ryan back into an MVP candidate? So there was a year when Kyle Shanahan was the um, offensive coordinator for the Falcons where he won MVP. Um, so I don't know. I just think, can you know, they, they brought him in to help Matt Ryan fix the offense. He was the um, offensive coordinator, I think, for the Tennessee Titans, actually, before he was in the Titans offense is pretty good. The only thing difference is, is the Titans offense has Derrick Henry, which sets up the play action real nicely, where um, Arthur Smith now has a, a we'll talk about him in a minute, but uh, Mike Davis at the running back. So it's not as lethal as a weapon. So my, my biggest question for them is, is the head coaching change? Is it really going to be enough to get this team back contending and Matt Ryan to be what he once was in the MVP candidate? Ryan, I got a question for you. Do you think uh, when the Atlanta Falcons made it to the Super Bowl? and thought they were going to win, and then they blew it at the end. Do you think that broke Matt Ryan enough that he just hasn't ever been able to get that far again? I think it broke the team. The head coach especially, like um, Dan Quinn, was. it seemed like he was building something real nice. And then you get up 28-3 in the Super Bowl, and like the Patriots just – I don't know how they came back still – it, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's because Tom Brady. Go watch the Super Bowl again. There was a lot of good defensive players. Dante Hightower, uh, underrated, like, as far as getting credit goes. He had some big plays in that game uh, in the second half. There was a catch that I think Edelman made that was just ridiculous. Like, it was, like, one that got tipped, and then he caught it, like, leaping over a guy, and, like, it almost touched the ground before he got it. So, I just think that team got just broken and Matt Ryan was part of it. So I, that's why I wonder if like the coaching change will re reignite them, so to speak, because yeah, they, they needed a, a change. I think at head coach. Yeah. What about you? I, I would have to say, I think so because just because they haven't, how many times have they made the playoffs now? I don't even know, but maybe like, twice since then if that I, I was gonna say once but yeah it's not it's not often that's for sure and Matt Ryan's 36 so I mean he's getting up there as well but like I said before he's just been consistent now but nothing that's shown that he can go above and beyond yeah like he's missing that that year that he had when he I think he threw like 37 touchdowns or something like that where he was really good but yeah, I guess we'll have to see, but you know, it would make things a little bit more interesting in this division if it did work. The coaching change in, in that offense mm -hmm. gets going again. Dissecting the draft. Um, what did you think about the draft for the Atlanta Falcons? Um, so I did like them drafting Kyle Pitts. Um, he's a uh, 
I thought he was like one of the best overall like players in the draft, like talent wise. And he's six six, so that helps them at tight end. I mean, who wouldn't want a giant target that's super athletic like that? So when you think can he replace Julio Jones? Probably because I saw that they would probably use him in the slot as well, along with the tight end position. So that'll help them. Uh, so I do like that pick a lot. And then five out of their nine picks were defensive players. So I think they might be starting to to move past some of these defensive guys that they have on their team and start rebuilding back there. And then uh, they also got two offensive linemen and then a wide receiver. So we'll see. I mean, the Kyle Pitts thing also – I won't get into that because I got some other comments about that. But what do you think of their draft? Is it good or bad? Yeah, I thought it was okay, personally. Um, the safety they got in the second round, I like what I, I read up on him. He's like a do-it-all safety. Um, Grant out of UCF. Um, and he's willing to do, you know, everything he needs to do. He seems to work hard and stuff is what I read up on. Um, so – here's a question for you, Travis. Can you name the last two tight ends that were picked in the top 10? No, I cannot. Okay. Eric Ebron, he was picked number 10 by the Lions. And then I think uh, TJ Hawkinson was number eight um, overall from the Lions as well. And I'm pretty sure that those were the last two tight ends that were picked in the top 10. Uh, Now, both of them, Ironically, our Lions uh, tight ends, Lions picks. Uh, how good have the Lions been in recent years, Travis? Oh, they have been such a contender for the Packers <laughs> that the Packers don't even uh, I have to play Rodgers anymore. But no, uh, they have not been good. Right. And the reason why I bring this up is because I don't like tight ends in the top 10 in the draft. It rarely does it ever worked out. I think Kevin Wenzel Jr. was the last time it worked out for a team. And like that was back in like what, 2006, maybe? I don't remember. Something back in the day with the Browns, maybe 2003. Um, and I know that this guy is super talented. They, but like when TJ Hawkinson was drafted by the Lions, they were saying the same exact thing. Oh, he can play in different spots. They can play him in the slot, out, uh, you know, the outside. It's not that TJ Hawkinson is going to be bad. He'll probably end up being a really good tight end eventually. But for some reason, tight ends seem to take a little bit longer to develop in the NFL. And so I don't know, like with the Falcons, they have a lot of needs on both sides of the ball. And I just don't, I didn't, I didn't care for the tight end pick at number four. So what, what would you have rather have seen them draft than instead of him? Offense lineman or defense. Yeah, and if you're going to get rid of Julio Jones, you could get one of the receivers if you really like them. But, um, and that's why they, they probably got pit is because they pits. I mean, pits because they thought they were going to get rid of Julio, but you know, they, that Micah Parsons, he was, he's the best linebacker in the draft, I think. And um, they could have got him. They need defense like all over the board can trade down somebody might have wanted uh to move up to get one of those quarterbacks but the the point 
that I'm, I'm make. I just don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad pick. He's probably going to be the best tight end ever in the history of the NFL. And I'm going to eat my words, <laughs> but oftentimes picking a tight end in, in the top 10 does not work out for teams. You're, you're probably right. But I, I do like the pick just because if you're going to take a gamble, at least he's proven himself enough in college to be that high mm-hmm. of a pick. Um, so I, I, I think it's good for him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of numbers he can put up also, but we'll see what happens. You- yeah. I, th- I think he'll be great eventually, but like with Matt Ryan's age, you think like if it takes him four years to develop, let's say into the elite tight end that he can be, that might be a little late for Matt Ryan. You know what I'm saying? And so it doesn't really help them out now. And that's what I guess my fear is for Matt Ryan and Falcons fans, but they all love him. So. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Hope you're wrong. Cause I, I wouldn't mind seeing this guy do good. He's from Florida too. So I'm sure Luke will be rooting for him. Well, let me tell you what, I, I hope I'm wrong too. I hope I'm wrong too. <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't wish, wish uh, bad on people, you know. Yeah, that's that's it. I, I never <laughs> wanted to. Nope. Favorite off-season move. Travis, do you have a favorite move for the Atlanta Falcons this off-season? I I didn't really have one. I had they signed or they got the defensive coordinator uh, Dean Pease. I don't know if you know much about him, but he used to be on the Patriots, and then the Ravens and then the Titans. And now he's going to be with the Falcons. So we'll see if he can kind of reinvigorate the defense and help them become a little bit better there. I mean, with bringing in new coaches, you always get some sort of new hype and players get a little bit more excited for change. So we'll see what happens with that. But otherwise I, I didn't really have anything else that they did. What about you? I, uh, I picked, uh, by the way, I like that one. They got a lot of young players, I think, still on the defensive side of the ball, which is um, good to bring someone in that hopefully will get the best out of those players. Um, and I think getting a new defensive coordinator, like obviously Dan Quinn's style was not working at all. So there's that. Um, but I, I picked Mike Davis, the running back that they got from Carolina. So he, he kind of, uh, replaced, I guess, Christian McCaffrey, um, when he got injured last season, he did a pretty solid job. He had over 600 yards rushing. He averaged over four yards of carry. He, he probably split the workload a little bit, especially when McCaffrey came back. So I like this signing because the Falcons have been kind of looking for someone since Todd Gurley, you know, was no longer Todd Gurley. So this could open up the play action again for them, hopefully, if Mike Davis ends up being a pretty solid running back. Yeah, because didn't they get Gurley and he he basically didn't do anything for him, did he? Right. Right. Yep. They got him for a year. Who is – oh, you know who I'm thinking of is Devontae Freeman. That's the yeah. running back I'm thinking of. I'm thinking yeah. because Gurley didn't really show up for the Falcons. <laughs> no, I well, when they made that Super Bowl run, the Rams, 
everybody was questioning what was wrong with Gurley. And I don't, I don't know if anything ever came out, like if they ever heard anything. Do you? I think it was his knees is what I heard. I think that's what it was. Um, But. But yeah, he's never been the same since. Right. Correct. So Who's he on now? Is he even in the league? I don't even he, know. I think he's a free agent right now. Okay. Yeah, so he's not in the league anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking Devontae Freeman when he was um, – I think him and Te- Tevin Coleman were like dual backs and they don't yep. – Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, so Mike Davis hopefully will provide that spark that they've been looking for since then. Least favorite off-season move. Travis, what was the – what was your least favorite move that the Atlanta Falcons made? Um, I don't really like the trading away Julio. And then the reason I say that is because I was reading up on this. So they trade away Julio, but then they said that they're not doing that to rebuild. They want to compete right away. So getting pits helps them. But if you're going to be competing, wouldn't you want to keep Jones along? I mean, if you had Jones and Pitts with Ridley, I mean, that would be an awesome couple uh, receiving slash tight ends that you would have. But I don't know, them doing that and then talking about wanting to compete right away, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I think it's, it's rebuilding for them. I 100% agree with you. Um, they – now, there was cap reasons, I guess, but you think that they would figure out, again, this goes back to my thing about, like, we talked about Ryan Kerrigan moving from Washington to Philly, I think, and then J.J. Watt being gone, even though that's good for J.J. Watt. Um, it's just sad when these guys um, are are good at where they were drafted, and they, they have 10 years, 12-year careers, and then they – icons in the city they're in and then they you know go somewhere else and finish their career i just don't like that Mm -hmm. i wish i wish julio would have stayed um and you're right the reasons was cap and they want to compete but if you want to compete you find a different way to to relieve cap and you probably do your best to keep julio jones and what uh what they get for julio like a second a fourth yeah and a sixth or something like this. Right. Like yeah. So the highest was a second. Um, yeah. So, which I mean, Julio's getting up there, but he's proven that he can still play. So, right. I agree. Whatever. Yeah. This I is also, why, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this is why you and I could probably run an organization better than half these guys. But, oh, for sure. Like, we know nothing about cap or anything like that, but we it's could just totally... money. Who <laughs> cares? <laughs> the owner has to pay for it anyway. Yeah. Why do we care? Uh, just another one, real quick. Um, this goes along with what you just said, sort of with Julio. They also let go of Alex Mack for offensive linemen, and he's one of the better centers in the league. He has been for a long time. And again, if you're playing a win now situation, you think you would try to keep, um, you know, keep a guy like that in house. You know, uh, however, the rookie they got. I, I, I read that he's been looking good and he's going to probably start at center. So who is going to take the leap? Travis, what player do you think is going to take a leap for the Atlanta Falcons? 
Well, you already talked about him, but Mike Davis, mm -hmm. um, I would think that he would take a bigger leap because I don't remember what you said. He would he average four yards a carry or whatever last mm -hmm. year? Yeah, 600 yards, a little over 600, four yards a carry, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be nice to see him stay healthy for the whole year and see what kind of numbers he can put up. So that's the one guy that I'm looking for for taking a leap. And then uh, also with the defensive coordinator, if they can get some fire lit under Fowler again to help him uh, kind of be better again, get good again. <laughs> get good. So uh, we'll see if that happens or not. Um, who do you think's taking a leap? So I have um, AJ Terrell, the corner for Atlanta. He was pretty good last year. He had uh, 76 tackles and interception, three forced fumbles. I really think he can take another leap and become sort of a cornerstone of this defense. I also have Foy. I'm not even going to try to butcher his name. Okay. <laughs> even though I already did, you know what I'm saying? Um, he had, um, 78 tackles, two interceptions, three sacks, and four forced fumbles last year. Uh, he can take another leap. He is he's good. So I I'm gonna go ahead and say that he takes another leap, and these two individuals will become building blocks for the Falcons on defense. And then here's another guy, Kelvin Ridley. I think he can take another leap or even needs to because this is the first time he'll be playing without Julio Jones. So he's the number one target on this team. He's going to get the best corner matchup. He needs to be better to give that um, Matt Ryan, that Julio Jones, like, you know, safety blanket. Yep. I, that's a good point with Ridley. What will determine a successful season? Travis, what will make or break the Atlanta Falcons season? Uh, I've already talked about it, but Matt Ryan, if he can uh, go back to getting them into the playoffs this year. So he's got to play even better than what he did before. He can't just be a little bit better than average. He's got to get back into the elite level, but I don't think that's happening. Okay. Okay. I like, I like, I like that though. Uh, mine goes kind of with yours and then something you mentioned earlier. I think what's going to make their break their season is how much that defensive coordinator can get the best out of that defensive group. Right. And then Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan, what can they do on offense to, like you mentioned, can they recapture that MVP like season, which we'll talk about their floor and ceiling um, in a second, but we'll, we'll find out uh, shortly how we both feel about that. Their floor their ceiling. Travis, what is the floor and ceiling that you have for the Atlanta Falcons? Their ceiling is a 500 team. So I don't think they're going to be much better than that. And their floor, six wins maybe is what I'm thinking. I just, I know that they said that they want to compete, but I really don't think this year they're going to be competing for even a playoff run, getting a, a wild card or anything like that. Okay. Hey. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you floor. I have five and 12. Um, as much as they say they want to win now, it just some, like we've mentioned already, some of the moves that they made, it doesn't really scream that they want to. 
Um, the other the other thing is is if that defense that wasn't really great the last couple of years is not fixed in one offseason, none of us would be surprised. And so it doesn't really matter how much points the offense puts up if your defense isn't good. Guess what? You're going to lose games. That's just the way it mm-hmm. works. So five and twelve, and then I have nine, eight, nine and eight as their ceiling. So basically that five hundred that you sort of mentioned, um, which I, I'm with you. I, I really don't think that the Falcons are going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I don't. I don't foresee that happening either. Okay, you ready to move on to our next team? Yeah, let's talk about them. Okay. Previewing the Carolina Panthers. The big question. So, Travis, what is the biggest question that you have for the Carolina Panthers? Um, is Sam Darnold good enough? Is he going to be good enough to be their starting quarterback? Because they... They got him from the Jets. I obviously, like we talked about, the Jets aren't that great of an organization, and he didn't have a lot of weapons around him. He's got, he's got more here now in Carolina. So let's see what he can do and if he can lead them to possibly being. Well, I won't say my spoiler, so I'll just end it there. So keep listening, everyone. That's right. That's what we call in the biz a tease. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. A tease. Uh, my biggest question was Sam Darnold as well, because he, they got him for pretty cheap, right? He, well, they didn't give up a whole lot. I think it was like a second round pick or something, which is for a young quarterback. That's nothing. Um, but I would be pretty, I don't know. Like, it, I, I guess I wouldn't be super. The thing is, is he, not only was he on the jets, but Adam Gase was his head coach, which I don't know if I told you this, Travis. But um, there was two coaching hirings that I was one I was completely right about and one I was completely wrong about. I thought Adam Gase was going to be a good head coach for the Jets. And the reason why is when he was in Miami, he would scheme up plays where you would see guys running wide open. And like when Tannehill got injured, you know, you had like these quarterbacks that are probably no longer in the league throwing the football and they just couldn't hit anybody. They couldn't hit anyone open deep or whatever. So I thought, oh man, Adam Gase is going to be a good head coach. And I was horribly, horribly wrong about that. So um, have you, have you seen the YouTube video of him after a press conference where it looks like he may or may not be on drugs? (laughs) Like his eyes are like bugging (laughs) out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, yeah. so, So I was wrong about that one. The one I was right about was Matt Patricia, but so really the, the question is, is, is he going to be better now that he's on a different team with a better coach or is it sort of like, he's not good or is he so ruined by what happened as a jet that he's never going to get fixed again? So I hope not. That way it'd be funny just to stick it to jet fans even more. Uh, they had a good quarterback and they they uh, couldn't take advantage of using him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Dissecting the draft. Travis, what did you think of the Carolina Panthers draft? I uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, they got J.C. Horn, the son of Joe Horn. So I'm sure you remember my take about father-son duos. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of them, but 
we'll see how he turns out. But uh, he was their first pick that they took. Uh, then they went smart again and drafted LSU wide receiver Marshall Jr. So I don't, I don't know how I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, how I feel about him. But we'll see what kind of numbers he can do with with Darnold because he's only going to be the third option right away. But correct, yeah. Uh, they also got Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. Uh, I am curious to see how he's going to do if he can take over the starting uh, position at tight end for them. Um, and then I have two more players I'm going to talk about. Uh, I don't know how to say his first name, Chuba or Chuba Hubbard. Oh, sure. Yep. He's going to be the backup to McCaffrey. So in 2019, he led FBS with 2,094 yards and 21 total TDs. So he did pretty good a couple of years ago in college. Um, McCaffrey is the number one running back, I believe, in all the NFL for this year, at least uh, for fantasy wise, maybe, um, what's his name from the Titans? I can't think of it right now. Derek but Henry. Maybe he's number one. They might be battling it out, but, uh, either way, if this guy can kind of alleviate some of the pressure from McCaffrey. So maybe if they are going to be a playoff team, he could not be used so much in the regular season and then Hubbard would be able to take some more of that load so then McCaffrey can get used in the playoffs but and then last but not least Ryan I gotta quiz you here okay okay you do you know do you know what the Patrick Manley award is I don't know what that is it is the best long snapper in the country for college football and they drafted Thomas Fletcher. I just figured I'd throw that one in for everybody because who doesn't want themselves a good long snapper? That that's a good one right there. Alabama guy. So, you know, he's going to be good. I'm like, I'm like that LSU guy you mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. He's probably going to be terrible. That that's the worst thing I've heard you say about LSU since you've been on the pod. So good for you. Uh, um, so I'm with you on a lot of the, so the Marshall junior guy, he actually got injured last year, right? He broke his toe or whatever. It was fractured. That's what I read anyway. Yeah. So he opted out the rest of the season after he did that. So he, one, one thing I read that was concerning on the scouting report is said that he lacks focus and that's not a good sign. So Sounds uh, like Beckham. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> JC Horn, obviously good physical corner. Um, and then that Tabby Tremble that you mentioned, one scout said that he has, um, he, he sort of reminds him of George Kittle. And if that can be George Kittle, that's, that's a win right there. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So overall, I, but the one thing I do like about that Marshall, that wide receiver, he is six three two Oh five. So that's a, that's a nice size receiver. Um, so, so I guess for their draft, I would say it, it was okay. It was an okay draft. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good actually. I didn't I didn't mind it mainly because of the long snapper. But okay, so I guess the question, well, one thing that the draft showed obviously is that they trust Sam Darnold to be their quarterback moving forward, right? Because they yeah. passed on Justin Field and Mac Jones. Yep. 
So Panther fans kind of got to hope that doesn't come back to bite them. Yeah, you're getting into one of my points, but yeah. Oh, sorry, that, sorry. Okay, let's. That's right. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Let's go to uh, our next, um, our next point, Travis. Favorite off-season move. Travis, was what was your favorite move that the uh, Carolina Panthers made? Um, they franchise tagged one of their tackles so that they could keep them around more. That Taylor Moten, Moten. Um, so it shows that they're at least going to try a little bit, uh, to help keep Darnold as safe as they can for him to see what kind of a quarterback is. Um, that was really my only thing that I, that I thought was, was good for them. That was my favorite move. How about yours? Yeah. So Sam Darnold trade, I liked, um, just because it wasn't a lot for a young quarterback. That's like what, twenty two or 23 he's not that old so it's a good risk low it's it's a it's a low risk high reward move so i i do like that move uh watching sam darnold as a dolphin fan there were moments where he could make some really incredible throws so he has the arm to be an nfl qb it's not like he's you know uh, like um david blau for the lions who you know he's he's a solid backup but he's not He's not going to, you know, I'm not trying to diminish David Blau for any David Blau fans out there. I, I like him. He had his <laughs> moments, but you could tell like he doesn't have a, a NFL arm. Sam Darnold does. So I like the, the, the high reward, low risk move there. And then the extension of Robbie Anderson, that guy can flat out run. Um, and he's a, he's a pretty, I really like him as a wide receiver again, he was on the Jets before, so now they get the Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson connection again. So, NFC South, better watch out. That's all I gotta say. How many uh, Jets players are they gonna take? Are they gonna just slowly change their name to like the Carolina Jets or something? That, or they just realize that like no Jets player could be good under the old regime, and they're like, we better steal the talent while the the the, the price is low. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Least favorite off-season move. Travis, what was your least favorite move that the um, Carolina Panthers made? Um, them, you already talked about it, but they passed on good quarterbacks in the draft. And could that bite them in the end by uh, not doing that and just going with Sam Darnold and trusting him to, to run that whole team? So that's so the only bad thing I had is that they passed on uh, Fields and Jones, like you said. I mean, yeah. Mac Jones, I'm not crazy for. So, but of course, he's on the Patriots, so he'll probably do good. Yeah, he had a really good preseason too. So that says a lot. Um, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, by the way. I was just joking because preseason doesn't really, <laughs> but that's what everybody keeps saying. Like, oh, did you see his preseason? It's like, okay, I get he's probably going to be good. He's on the Patriots, but let's calm down. It is just preseason, guys. He lit up the second and third string. Yeah, exactly. Um, Curtis Samuel is a, a trade, uh, not a trade, a move that I didn't least one of my least favorite moves i just like him as a wide receiver but i understood why they did it it's just a little move that i wanted to mention um they have robbie anderson they have dj moore and they drafted this young guy marshall so 
I understand why they let him go, but you know, Curtis Samuel is still young. I think he's only like 24 or 26, something like that. So letting him go, I didn't like that move that much, but it was a little, you know, just a little move. And then sort of like you, I'm okay with them past. Like, so my, my draft philosophy is simple. If you don't believe in the quarterback, don't draft him because if you draft that quarterback and you don't believe in him, you're like you're attached to that quarterback. So you'll get fired if he fails. So you better draft someone you believe in. Right. Um, but at the same time, the fact that they did not get a competent backup quarterback, that was a least favorite move of mine because it's like, okay, if you believe in Sam Darnold, that's fine. But what's your contingency plan? It's like, God, no one, we got Sam Darnold. Okay. And there was a video caught uh, of him one time in an NFL game when he was getting hit a lot where he's like, man, I'm seeing ghosts out there because he was getting like jumpy in the pocket and running around when nobody was after him. So um, not like that. That's scary. That's scary to hear. So anyway, point being is they should have got a backup quarterback. Yeah, probably. I don't think PJ Walker would be the, uh, answer for them if he goes down <laughs> right right well Gardner Gardner Minshew just went for a six-round pick to the Eagles like you couldn't give a six-round pick to get a quarterback like that right uh, now there is um oh, what's his name there uh Cam Newton's a free agent but I'm pretty sure he's not going to want to go back to Carolina so <laughs> yeah awkward <laughs> yeah, that's a little awkward who is going to take the leap Travis, uh, what players do you think will take a leap or need to take a leap for the um, Panthers? Uh, I'm just keeping it simple. It's got to be Darnold's got to take the leap. I mean, if he can't do it, then then they're not going to have a good season. I like that one. I have him written down as well. Two other ones, uh, Derek Brown, I think that was their first round pick last year. Um, he didn't have that stellar of a year last year, but um, – People in in the camp said he he's like he's ready to go. So now here's the thing: every camp report is about every player is ready to go. So it's it's hard <laughs> to distinguish between the the liars and the truthers. But um, I think he can take a leap. Brian Burns, he's already a really good outside linebacker. You know that rushes the passer passer. So the three four. He had uh, seven sacks two years ago and nine sacks this last year. I think he can hit another level. So I'm going to say he's going to go from that being a really good pass rusher to an elite pass rusher. I I really like Brian Burns. So I'm going to say he's going to take a leap as well. You know, talking about the scouts and how they always say everybody's ready to go. I feel like I could be a scout because I went to training camp about four years ago maybe with my dad and we Mm -hmm. watched the Packers and Geronimo Allison caught this amazing touchdown pass that was like over his head he reached up jumped grabbed it got hit at the same time and caught it and I'm like he's gonna be amazing and he had a pretty average season and now he's not in the league anymore so (laughs) you can do it you just gotta hit it for one year that's it he can be a beat writer for the Green Bay Packers now (laughs) That's great. I love it. What will determine a successful season? What will make or break the season for the Carolina Panthers? Um, 
McCaffrey got injured last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. So him staying healthy, I think, is what is going to really make this team because if he goes down, most of their offense goes through him. So even catching passes out of the backfield and things like that. So that is what I believe is going to make their season if he can stay healthy. I like that one. I didn't even think of that one, but that's, you're right. He's such a valuable, like the most valuable tool in that offense. So he needs to stay healthy. Um, I put QB play again. I just kept it simple. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Bridgewater last year was the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and he threw 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Now they lost a couple of close games, um, a lot of one possession games. So if Sam Darnold can be better than 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, the Carolina Panthers could potentially be a pretty good team. Like they could be hovering, you know, 500 or higher. So that's not even asking much from them either. No, I mean, no. 15 touchdowns is not going to be they're playing 17 games this year. You got to throw over one a game should be, should be easily attainable. Right. Exactly. And uh, here, here, uh, so, so if Sam Darner plays at a higher level than Teddy Bridgewater, I think they can, they can be good this year. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Now here's the, Interesting. Uh, did you know, Travis, that Teddy Bridgewater has never had a season where he threw over 20 touchdowns? I did not. Wasn't he on pace to do it his like first or second year? And then he broke his leg. Yeah. 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 He was. Yeah. And then he just like never got back into what he was. But like when you break your leg, I got to imagine that you probably never be the same again after that. Come on. You're a professional athlete. Heal. Better. <laughs> we pay you to heal. Okay, come on now. Uh, their floor, their ceiling. Travis, what is the floor and the ceiling of the Carolina Panthers? What do you got for them? You you might have changed mine as we started talking more and more. I'm starting to buy into the Darnold hype, but I don't I don't think they're going to be a 500 team. I think they're going to come up a little bit short. Is my guess. So that's their ceiling for me. Okay. Um, I hope they prove me wrong, though. It'd be nice to see them in the playoffs. But otherwise, their uh, floor is going to be five wins. I just I don't see very much coming out of them this year. Okay. Um, so what I have actually, so I'm a little bit actually, um, what's it called? Um, a little bit higher on the Carolina Panthers than you are. Um because I have their floor being seven and 10 and it's really was that stat from Teddy Bridgewater that really did it for me. When I saw that he only threw 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, I was like, how could they like Sam Darnold not get that? What, what if he throws 25 touchdowns to 13 interceptions or something like that? Right. I just don't see how he doesn't get it. So to me, I'm going to say their floor is seven and 10 and then their ceilings ceiling. And this is like, if Sam Darnold becomes a a good quarterback, if that defense is still pretty solid or or even gets better. um, And you know, the, um, the young players grow, 
I think they could be a wild card team. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good point. That Bridgewater thing is kind of opening my eyes also. Plus, he did that last year, right? So when McCaffrey was out as well. <laughs> right. So who knows? We'll see what happens. It's the NFL. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, what is crazy is like one year you could have we, we did one with the uh, Titans with Zach and me and Zach were talking about how the Titans two years ago had the 12th ranked defense and they didn't really change a whole lot. Same coach, same most everything. And the next year they had the 24th ranked defense. That's a huge drop. So it's like in the NFL, any year it could just change like that. So who knows? Right. Yeah. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to part one on, of our NFC South breakdown, uh, where Travis and I talked about the Panthers and the Falcons. I hope you enjoyed it. Look out for part two, where we finish the division, talking about the Buccaneers and the Saints, and then we give our final final predictions for the NFC South. Uh, we also broke down every other division. Uh, go back to the podcast feed if you'd like to hear your team's breakdown or any other team. We also have a podcast coming out that will be our playoff predictions along with our Super Bowl predictions. So look out for that. Please follow me on Instagram at nuttybuddy underscore sports if you'd like to know when we drop podcast. And that is all I got for you tonight. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You have yourselves a great day and we will talk to you soon.